Hey, .NET Rocks listeners. So you never went to NDC. I get that. It's Norway. It's Oslo. But did you know that the videos for all the sessions are online? Yeah, go to vimeo.com slash ndcoslo. You'll see some amazing sessions, and they're all right there. And if you're really curious, you can check out the lineup for NDC 2014, which is happening June 2nd through 6th. ndcoslo.com is the website, but again, if you want to check out the videos, vimeo.com, that's V-I-M-E-O dot com slash ndcoslo. Richard and I will be there this year. Maybe we'll see you too. Dotnet Rocks episode 979 with guest Mary Jo Foley. Recorded Friday, April 11th, 2014. Hey, 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 thanks very much. Welcome back to Dotnet Rocks. We're here again. It's Wednesday. Woo! Woohoo! I love it. Yeah. You just found out some interesting news about the Heartbleed virus? Oh, yeah. Well, this is a month later, so right. I guess it's not that big a news now. But it literally, when we were recording this on April 11th, the Heartbleed virus, of course, been in full swing. It's not a virus. It's, a, it's an exploit. Yeah, so an we, exploit. It's an open SSL. Right, right, right. A very specific version. It's very fixable. It's being fixed. Uh, you know, lots of concern because it's one of those things that's hard to see. It's a risk to SSL in a lot of different ways. Right. But yeah, it just came across the wire before we started recording on Friday here that apparently the NSA has been exploiting that uh, weakness for years. Of course they have. Of course they have. Because if you know what you're doing with it, you can actually pull someone's SSL keys from it and then decrypt all their traffic. How useful is that? How useful is that? You got to wonder if it, they didn't actually introduce it because it is open source. Richard, you know, I don't know. Well, that's another that's another show. <laughs> I'm going to hold my tongue. All right. I don't mean to derail. Just saying. I think you know what I'm going to say, but all right. Let's just roll the music for Better No Framework. Awesome. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. <laughs> we are not evil. We are not evil. Nope. We are nice people. All right, buddy. What do you got? Uh, well, I thought I would go looking for a good Windows 8 app because, you know, nobody's thinking all that much about Windows 8 apps and every once in a while one comes along that makes me go wow that's really cool I'm going to I'm going to download that right now Code Writer for Windows 8 uh, it's a simple text editor done as a Windows 8 full screen app and wow it's great and of course you know CSS HTML JavaScript C sharp C++ just about any kind of code that you want it's an editor Wow. And it, and it works, and it's great. And it's built for Windows 8. And it's built for Windows 8. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice find. And it made uh, it made somebody's top 10 list somewhere. It made a couple of lists, so I naturally checked it out, downloaded it, started writing some C-sharp code, and then some JavaScript, and you know some HTML. And it's just as awesome as it seems, huh? Does all the indenting and the color coding and everything. It's just wonderful. That's cool. I like it. All right. Yeah, so there you go. Code writer it is. Code writer it is. Know it, learn it, love it. Richard, who's talking to us today? I grabbed one last comment off of the tablet show. This is off of the last show, show 130. Okay. This is Kelly Cassidy. He says, hey, Carl and Richard, sorry to hear that the tablet show is ending. I enjoy this show at times more than .NET Rocks, although I do listen to both, because it is focused on the mobile and tablet space, regardless of whether it was a Microsoft device or one of the other guys. Hopefully, you guys still keep the same type of format and won't just be limiting .NET Rocks to the Microsoft.NET space but to bring knowledge and understanding of what else is out there that you guys did with the tablet show. 
Yes. Absolutely. Yes, we will. We'll keep it we'll keep it going. It's not ending, it's just changing names. Just changing names. That's it. Listening to the final podcast, it sounds like there are three .NET Rocks episodes a week. Yep. Yep. Plus a run as radio and a Hansel minute. Yeah. So that's five podcasts a week, two hundred and sixty a year. I am sure that some weeks may have more and may some may have less. And you should fill those gaps with more Mondays. No, what's that? I've never heard of Mondays. I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't a clue. I've never heard of Mondays. Yeah. You didn't mention it in this episode, but it's definitely a pop podcast with the same crew. Not the same crew. I still don't know what he's talking about. Isn't isn't the crew at your house right now? <laughs> Are they like sitting right behind you? <laughs> no, they're upstairs. They got the babies. <laughs> There's chaos in my home and I'm in the basement. Oh, well, ask them. They're the ones with the, you know, the crazy family life. Absolutely. And Kelly finishes up with, uh, regardless of whether Mondays returns to torture my mind with the randomness of its topics. Again, thank you for the tablet show. And I'm looking forward to hearing the topics return as a .NET Rocks episode. Mm. And yes, that would be one of these shows right now. The kind of thing we would talk to Mary Jo Foley about. Yep. So, Kelly, thank you so much for your comment. I think we should chip out one last tablet show mug. What do you think? Wow, that would... That would decrease the value of the remaining tablet show mugs, wouldn't All, it? What, a hundred of them? <laughs> you know, you can just order them online if you want them. They're no, a cafe press. That's true. There's nothing magic there. All right, a tablet show mug's going out sure, to Kelly Cassidy. And, and you can't get a tablet show mug because there is no more tablet shows. But if you go to the .NET Rock site and you comment on one of the shows, and you can comment through the website or through any of our mobile apps. We've got them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, Windows 8. And we read that comment on a show, we'll send you a .NET Rocks mug. Yep. And those apps, by the way, built by Diatom Enterprises. Who'd love to build you an app? Go to diatomenterprises.com. And that brings us to Mary Jo. Mary Jo Foley, of course, has covered the tech industry for nearly 30 years for a variety of publications, including ZDNet, CNET, eWeek, and Baseline. She's kept close tabs on Microsoft's strategy, products, and technologies for the past decade plus. Uh, she's the author of Microsoft 2.0, How Microsoft Plans to Stay Relevant in the Post-Gates Era, and is the co-host of the Windows Weekly Podcast. Welcome back, Mary Jo. Hey, thanks for having me back. Always a good pleasure to talk to you. Thanks. So you were at Build? I was, and I, I barely saw you guys. Were you both there? Well, Richard was there. I had other things to do, oh. but I could not go. I saw Richard on an escalator. He was going up. I was going down. Literally <laughs> past each other. It sort of waved, and that was that it. That was about I, it. We, but you were basically in the press room the whole time, weren't you? Yeah. You know, this build was so different um, because they actually let us talk to people. Shocking. That's just crazy talk. <laughs> I know. So we did actually get interviews, which was so different. And so, yeah, I was in the press room a lot, but also went to a couple sessions and tried to go to a couple that I get closed out of. Yeah. So you think that the change in build was really indicative of a change in Microsoft culture? Very, very much so. Yeah. And so, and that came with uh, the the change of command, you think? I think so. I think... Um, you know, some of the changes, even some of the things they've been announcing lately at Microsoft were things that were in the works with Steve Ballmer as the yeah. CEO. But, you know, now they want the they want the message to be whole new regime, new management, new policies, new transparency. So they want it all kind of pinned to Satya Nadella and to Terry Meyerson and all those guys. But, yeah, I got to think the guy's been on the job at Build. He'd been on the job for a month, month and a half. They're still playing from the old playbook. He's barely had a yeah. chance to get his, you know, email changed and his office moved in. It's a lot to figure <laughs> out. 
It is. It's so true. Yeah. But, but, but it looked good to people who were at build. I think it looked like, wow, it's a really different build. And it felt to me like the people who were there had a lot more kind of passion about it and a lot more engagement. It felt way, way more upbeat than the past couple of builds. Yeah. Remind me of the old PDCs. I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever been to a happy build. (laughs) This was a happy show. It felt more like PDC. Yep. So, well, and they were sort of re-embracing C-sharp and .NET. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of other things. Yeah, like like a lot of things from the old Windows are coming back to Windows 8, which is, for me, good. Yeah. I like it. I think for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they're just trying to bridge the gap a bit more. Yeah. there. You know, there are some people who really loved how Windows 8 came out all big and bold, and they didn't care that it alienated the install base. But when you have 1.5 billion users as your install base, you can't alienate them. Yeah. Sure. That's fair. But, and then they botched the update. Like, the uh, what's the name of the update? Windows 8 something? <laughs> update. Update. Yeah. Just plain old update. Okay. Yep. Not service pack? Nope. I just installed it between recording this show and the last one, by the nice. way. Nice. The six knowledge base article <laughs> the installers you have to do in the right order? Yeah, that's how you have to do it if you were MSDN or TechNet. But if you're just a regular old user and you want to get it through Windows Update, it looks more uh, covert how you get it. It just it just looks like you're getting one thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Just says Windows Update. Update yeah. for Windows 8. Oh, okay, so it's, it's now on Windows Update. It's no... It is. It's not yep. the... Yeah, in MSDN, we actually had to download a zip file and like, wow, 1987 <laughs> <know>. called. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's how I get the bits, too. It was really seamless for me. Yeah. I, I thought on Windows Update, it worked pretty well. Although I've heard from a couple of people, of course, it's inevitable. Like, yeah, now I can't open my Metro apps or now my keyboard doesn't work. Right. That's well, and, you know, certainly didn't include all the things that Paul Thorat thought it would include uh, mm-hmm. or a lot of those things. What do you make of that? Um, it, You know, what what's happening is... And this is indicative, too, of what we were just talking about. Microsoft actually showed off some stuff at Build that wasn't supposed to be in this update, but people immediately assumed it was supposed to be because, it, you know, the past six years, the only time Microsoft showed you something was when it was ready to be uh, announced or delivered, right? right? It was like there was no future talk. There was no roadmap talk. Except at the old PDCs. Yeah. yeah, but this year they actually showed us things like a new start menu and uh, Windows running, uh, Metro style apps running in Windows on the desktop. And so a lot of people said, wait, that didn't show up with this update. No, they were showing you the future and right. you're just so unaccustomed to seeing the future and hearing about roadmaps anymore that you assumed it was supposed to be there. Yeah. Well, and I want to talk about just how epically long all the keynotes were, but I really did appreciate that they structured it with. The first hour they talked about, here's what you're getting immediately, like in the next couple of weeks, including the Windows update and and so on. And then there was a visible break to, all right, here's our roadmap. Yep. Yep. I thought they were pretty clear about it, but I think some people there immediately said, oh, they showed the start menu, so it must be in this update, and it isn't. Right. Yep. Yeah, and and it's not. And and honestly, the start menu, the way it flew out with the live tiles on it was the part where I went, oh, It's not as pretty as everything else that's happened. Well, Mary Jo, have you been using Stardocs software? No, I have not. But I know many of my listeners, readers, friends have been, and they love it. Yeah, I I installed it when it first came out and had no problem. So if you don't know what this is, 
they have a whole bunch of stuff for Windows 8 that allows you to, you know, put back the Windows menu that looks like Windows 7, allows you to run Windows 8 apps, we used to call them Metro apps, but run them on the desktop in a sizable window. All this stuff that they're sort of talking about doing now in the next version. And this was out, you know, yep. very shortly after Windows 8 came out. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Brad Wardell, who's the CEO of Stardock, was at Build. And when they showed the start menu, I was sitting kind of near near him and he was like, oh, well, there goes that money stream, but we'll come up with something else. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. We'll come up with something else really cool that we'll yeah. still make money on. <laughs> That's the nature of dancing with the elephant, right? Exactly. Sometimes the elephant steps in your general vicinity. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought the keynotes were really epically long. They were, yeah. It was two days with three-hour keynotes starting both days. Yeah. And it, it, by the end of the second day with the three-hour keynote, I was like, oh, man, I can't absorb any more information. I'm sure what they're showing me right now is really great, but I Because everything was. Do it. <laughs> it was all good news. But you know what it felt like to me? It felt like almost like if you ever watched a UN General Assembly roll call where everybody gets their two minutes. Yep. <laughs> that's what it was like. It's like every product team got a it chance to get like up that. and go, and here's our new announcement. And here's <laughs> our new announcement. Yeah. Like they, there was almost, and they were very short. There was, they didn't drill into anything, but it's like everybody got their kick at the can. But it was good. I mean, it was it was also really kind of telling what order they put things in. Like the very first thing on day one was Windows Phone, right? And like that surprised a lot of people, right. including me. And I, I mean, they wanted to show off Cortana, you know, which is their answer to Google Now and Siri. But it still was surprising because here you are at a developer conference and the thing you come out of the, the gate with is Windows Phone. Yeah. Well, you know, they obviously want to recapture market share badly. And yep. so that's probably why, you know, it's yep. the classic thing. You, you see ads for stuff that needs to sell, not for stuff that's popular. That's a good point. Right. Yep. On the other hand, the 930 is the most beautiful wind phone yet. Are you going to get that in Canada? No, no. They, no, the we're not North, getting it here. It's all North. Yeah. It's restricted for a year. And I think it's because of the Verizon phone, because of the icon. That's my guess. Yep. I have the icon. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've decided to get the icon, even though it's Verizon. I don't have a Verizon plan. I'm going to get it without a plan and just use it as a Wi-Fi device, nice. just for the camera and the recording stuff. Yeah, I I was a skeptic about it because I had had an HTC 8X, you know, which is a really really light phone, and this yeah. is heavy. But the camera is so awesome, and the screen is so nice. It's a 1080p screen. Uh, yeah. It's really a great phone. Have you seen or have you actually played with a 1520? I have. I like that phone. It's epically huge. It is. It's so gigantic. Like you have to, I had to use it with two hands. There's yeah. no way not to. It's much. a tablet. The, yeah. <laughs> and, and the discussion we were having in the bar, which was several drinks in, is which is douchier? Holding this giant phone <laughs> up to your face douchier? so the whole side of your head glows <laughs> or actually putting in a Bluetooth headset? Have we finally got a phone so douchey that the Bluetooth headset's now acceptable? Wow. Wow. A whole new way to market the fifteen. There you go. <laughs> yes, we've made a phone that makes it okay for you to use a Bluetooth headset. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is the everything about the phone is awesome, right? I mean, it it's, is. It's really thin. It has. It is like a three day battery life. I know. 
because it's so big, the battery, and it's enormous. It almost requires you to be the guy having the loud conversation with the person on the other end in a in a public place, right? Well, yeah, because you can light that person up with your screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sitting on the plane. We're about to take <laughs> off. I just want to say, hey, no, this guy next to me smells really bad. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, man. You know what, though? I I don't know if if this is true for you guys. I almost never use my phone as a phone. No. What for? (laughs) Right. So for me, having the when I get to use the 1520, I got a loner. I mean, I liked it because the screen was gigantic. It made surfing the web awesome. It made reading books on the Kindle awesome. It was just great with, with the screen. And everybody's like, yeah, but how about holding it up to your head and talking? I'm like, I can't remember the last time I talked to my phone, which is like crazy. Well, and there's two issues with that. I mean, the first is cell phone calls still suck. Right. Right? Like, that's the sad part. Everything else, the phone as a day device is fine. Phone is for phone calls? Ew. Yep. Um, and the second thing is, and maybe this is just a cultural thing in general, I don't receive any phone calls that I actually want anymore. Yeah. Any phone call that I actually want, I know days in advance because it's on my schedule. If the phone rings and I don't already know who's calling, don't answer it. It's nothing you want. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's dead. And it's, so as long as you're not making phone calls, you don't even need the Bluetooth headset either. Right. Most of the phone calls I get are in the car. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're usually for my wife or my child or something like that. You know. So you, you want to hear those. Yeah, but. I want to hear those. And and that's, you know, funny part is that just works. The Bluetooth interface to the car now just works. Yeah. Like The only thing it doesn't do yet is transmit GPS coordinates to the GPS system in the car. Mm-hmm. You can listen to your texts, and you can even say texts back, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, that works on WinPhone. It works really well. Except when it doesn't, and it's even funnier. Uh, you can play your music. You can do your calls. But the GPS system in my car is still better than the one on my phone, and I just like to be able to relay those data points into the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, we got to crack that one. But it, you know, there wasn't many announcements in Build around this, but have you noticed everybody's making a play for the car right now? Apple's made announcements, Google's made announcements, and now Microsoft's made new announcements. Yeah. Working with more car manufacturers to make that experience better. Yeah. Well, and safer, too. I know. I was surprised they didn't talk about that because there actually were a couple sessions that touched on Microsoft in the car. Yeah. Um, But they didn't make that part of the keynote, which was kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Mm. Especially when you talk about a 1520. You could, if you just mounted that in your car... Mm-hmm. that's superior to just about every car-based system I've ever seen. I know, right? I mean, you can look at the phone and actually see that because it's so big. It's so <laughs> big. If you if you hung an external antenna on it so that its reception was really strong and you wired it in with the speakers and so forth, like you're done. And yep. it's a quarter-inch thick, right? It's, just, yeah. it's beautiful. Mm. Yep. Yeah, they had um, two or three sessions on the Internet of Things at Build. Um, and they didn't really talk a lot about that in the keynotes, but one of those, they actually showed off their concept for, for the windows in the car. Well, that's the big announcement there was anything under a nine inch screen yep. gets a free windows license, mm-hmm. which is so pro. They said it so quickly and it's so profound. I don't think it's even sunk in. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, uh, guys, they're giving away windows. I know. Yeah, it was just kind of mentioned as a passing aside, right? Oh, and by, and, the oh, way. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. 
Because to me, the most profound implications of that is in something like a NetDuino, mm-hmm. right? In something yep. the size of a postage stamp that is a web server and able to interface with all sorts of things, that license is free. Yep. So now you can put it in every, every appliance in your house. Mm-hmm. You could now surf to and remotely control and collect information from and configure dynamically and, and speak .net to it. Mm. Yeah. How do you say that again? Net Netduino? Netduino. Netduino. So those guys, they're also working on a watch too, which we didn't see at Build, but there's people connected with them who are building a smartwatch too. Yeah. Well, yeah, look at this. Look, I'm just pulled up the Netduino site. I'll include the links in the in the show notes. Look at this latest version of the Netduino Plus 2. A mega flash, 200 kilobytes of RAM, 168 megahertz processor. Like, this is a decent machine the size of your thumbnail. <laughs> yep. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, this gets into this, what the Internet of Things really starts to look like. You know, I think Microsoft's worried about the right thing. Whoever gets to play in this space it wins. And yep. if there's anything that came out of Build, it's like, uh, we care about developers again. Yeah, Totally. So, Mary Jo, what what were some of the other things that you took away from Build? Um, I actually thought the announcement about open sourcing more of .NET was very interesting. Roslyn specifically? Yep, Roslyn. Um, so, they're open sourcing Roslyn, which is the whole compiler as a service thing that Anders Heilsberg has been spearheading for a while. Um, but, they, but then I got to talk to Soma Soma Sagar at Build, and I said, so... You, you're open sourcing more pieces of .NET. Would you ever actually open source things like the CLR and the base class libraries? And he said, you know what? If there's a, if somebody can prove a reason we should, we will. Nice. How about that? Are we still talking about the Microsoft that we know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't see them. The base class libraries are pretty challenging, but the portable class libraries. Yeah. What you're already doing with Xamarin, right? Like there's a lot of stuff happening around that. Was Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Xamarin basically took the the spec, which is open source, and mm-hmm. built built an implementation of it. You know, the yep. Mono project. Yep. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, I thought I, uh, the stuff that Scott Guthrie, who's now a big muckety muck at Microsoft, he's like one of the <laughs> inner circle, right? He's yeah. he's now one of the senior leadership team. He's he's got a whole new title and job and everything. Yeah, um, we knew him when. he talked about the Azure, the new Azure management portal that they're building. That and that was really interesting because that brings a whole. Here's everything that you want to know uh, in one place story to Azure because right now it's very piecemeal, right? Like your analytics are not in your portal, your billing's not in the same place as the information about your servers and services and. Uh, I think that's that's going to be really interesting. It, it's just in preview now, but I think it's going to be interesting as they actually get that up and rolling. Uh, as far as you know, the whole DevOps, bringing DevOps into the picture, and and what that means and what that looks like. So that that I thought was another one of those announcements that not everybody understood the significance of, but yeah. is actually a pretty big deal. Talk about a change from Sanofsky's Microsoft. Yeah, like it, I, I had this moment where I thought. Are the inmates running the asylum? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Satya is a tech guy. <laughs> right. You know what was this to me was the biggest takeaway of build. The managers at Microsoft are now the tech guys and not the suits. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a gigantic 
gigantic change. Like the fact that Satya Nadella, he didn't get up there and code, but probably could have. Yeah. He was really great on stage too, wasn't he? Yeah. He's, he's got a very good stage presence. And, um, you know, he, he can actually go so, so deep on technology. I mean, Steve Ballmer's no slouch, right? Like, yeah. I, I actually really liked him, um, but he's a business guy and he admits he's a business guy. Satya is a guy who actually has studied computer science and Scott is obviously super technical and, um, Terry Meyerson ran Windows Phone Engineering. He's a techie. I mean, yep. all the people who are running the different business units at Microsoft now are techies. They're not, they're not, they're not business guys. Well, wasn't Sanofsky a techie? I mean, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. But th- there was other things going on with that dynamic. Like he, he was a techie who believed that, um, he was kind of more like Steve Jobs, right? Like we'll build it and they will come. Yeah. He was a very much of an idealist right. about that. Uh, yeah, he had a, a dogma. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, we, we've we talked about this. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I think Goo has got potential to, to go even further up. Me too. He's yep. so good. Yep. And and so responsive. Yes, I agree. And it it's felt like a, since he took on the role of heading up uh, DPE, Developer and Platform Evangelism, I think there's been like a renewed kind of uh, passion and interest and spirit there too. Yeah. And him, he and John Shuchuk, who's um, a distinguished engineer at Microsoft, longtime Microsoft guy, they, they did the last hour of the keynote on day two. And I was having trouble paying attention at that point. But <laughs> I actually need to go back and watch that because I think as I was catching bits and pieces of it, I'm like, they're demoing like real world stuff that's super great to see that you can actually do this and people are doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's important stuff. Right. And that was the whole thing I found with the keynote. It's like as much as we think Microsoft's changed, in my mind, the way the keynote looked was rather the each team still, you know, this it's still the circles with the hands with the guns pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. And so they sort of hold a truce for build so that everybody gets their time. Because when you really want a keynote, what yeah. you really want is an inspirational message. You yep. know, and maybe a, maybe a bit of roadmap, but that's about it. It's like, here's what we're about. Here's what we care about. Here's where we're going. Mm-hmm. You know, now, you want to learn the details of how we're doing that? Go to the sessions. Yeah, true. Like everything that was in those those keynotes that were like shopping lists, those should have been <laughs> sessions. <laughs> true. I think they, I felt like they were just saying, you know, we've given you guys in the past few builds kind of like marching orders. Like said, we are doing this and you have to do this to come with us. And this build felt like whoever you are, if you're a VB developer, a C++, a C Sharp, or an open source guy, whoever you are, we want you to come with us on this journey. And so we're going to throw something into the keynote for you so that you know we want all of you to come with us. Right. So some way to catch everybody and say, because you got the most eyes on a keynote, even when it's two, three hour keynotes. (laughs) It's it's a chance to catch the folks and say, you got to pay more attention to us now. We're doing great things. I mean, they even said, I believe, in, in the keynote, Windows Presentation Foundation. Everybody thought that was dead. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you know what? We're going to do another version of that, by the way. Hey. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. And we've had a couple of shows just recently on it just because we know it's not dead. It's still a viable development platform. But it was interesting to see that it got airtime. Mm-hmm. It was. It almost felt like this keynote was, sorry, you guys, we know we've been neglecting you, developers, <laughs> and come on, give us another chance. We really want to do the right thing. Right. 
Well, that's where I think that whole Internet of Things was interesting, was sort of saying, hey, we're going to, now that you know that we care about you, here's where we're thinking we're all going to get a chance to go next. So we're making that easy. Well, you know, and we really have been talking for almost a half an hour, about a half an hour here, and we haven't really said what that Internet of Things deal is. They yeah. <laughs> they agreed to make window, a version of Windows free for, for devices, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know why we haven't really said it was they didn't actually this this was actually something they could have and should have done in the keynote I thought but didn't. They never said what do we mean when we say internet of things. Mm. Right. And um I actually had a chance to ask a couple of people about that afterwards and I said, "So is this just Windows embedded kind of reinvented, revisited?" And pretty much that's what it is, right? I mean, they already have versions of Windows that run embedded in different devices and phones and like ruggedized phones and uh, medical equipment and all kinds of things like that. But they don't really talk it up a lot. And this, when they say Internet of Things now, that is what they mean. They mean those versions of Windows that are embedded inside other devices. Right. And like like the Netduino that has uh, the micro framework in it and, and, uh, and like phones. I mean, what was interesting was the threshold. It was the nine-inch display and below. So... <laughs> That means all phones, all the mini tablets, you know, anything smaller than a full-size iPad has no Windows license. Yep. It's free. Yep. Including, and Windows phones are now free. Windows Phone OS is free to everybody. Right. And and any tablets 8.99 inches and below are free to everybody, too. Uh, so, yeah, that was interesting. It's funny you just said the word threshold. As soon as you said that, I was like, what? Because threshold is actually the code name for Windows 9. and they didn't actually talk about that uh by the code name or by windows 9's actual name at build yeah i think terry myerson quits very specifically i'm not going to talk about the next version of windows yeah yeah although then he did say uh we're bringing back a start menu and we're going to have windowed windows in the desktop in a future update to windows 8.1 update so that could mean update 2 that might mean windows 9 we don't really know exactly when that's going to hit. Yeah, it might be 8.2. Yep. Like there's so many formulas here. I can't. Why would they do 8.1 update? That just makes me sad. Why did you just call it 8.2? Like <laughs> it's not that hard. You know why I think they did that? This is just my theory, but um, they're, they're, the naming has a lot to do with how long they support something and also the licensing. Right. So the reason they name things the way they do sometimes has no bearing on trying to make it user-friendly. It's more about, we need to do this in order to make the lawyers happy. Yeah. How much of this is about volume license agreements? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the bulk of their money to this day, is that that licensing model. It is. Uh, Richard, what did you think, though? What did you think was the big thing? Because I I didn't actually get to ask you that. Big thing at build? Yeah. Like, if you had to say, wow, the one thing that I thought was huge was blah. What would you say? I think it was Satya. Because he struck a line, he wasn't as excitable as Bomber, he wasn't as cerebral as Bill, he struck a line right between the two. He was Mm -hmm. very articulate, he was slightly animated, it was, it was, I thought it was a very carefully crafted approach to introducing, that was his first keynote as CEO. Mm -hmm. And and you got to think, they thought a lot about that, and I know for absolute certain from the work that I'm doing, most of the build stuff was in the can before he was announced as CEO. So yeah. build was already going to be build before Satya had a say. 
But fitting him into that was obviously very thoroughly thought out. And I thought it hit the tone perfectly. Mm -hmm. So in terms of, you know, overall impact, that to me is the most important thing. But, you know, that's the, the laugh about the Windows being free thing is that they threw that off so small. And it's five years ago, it was unthinkable. Hmm. Very true. And today, there's nothing, almost nothing else that would, the, the, you talk about unthinkable announcements that happened to build. The licensing of Windows is unthinkable. The open sourcing of C Sharp is unthinkable. That to me were the two that just a few years ago, that would be insane. Mm -hmm. And now it's happened. Agree. Yeah, I, I think people in the audience were kind of dumbstruck by it. Like when a Anders was on the stage and he's like, I'm going to open source Roslyn right now and I'm going to hit this button and do it. I don't think people believed it for no. a second. It almost happened too fast. It did. And, and then when they realized what just happened, everybody was like, what? And then everybody started applauding. And yeah. They were shocked. Well, and, and they were saying uh, they were applauding in the overflow room. <laughs> nice. Because I had a staff badge. You had a press badge. We don't get the main room. Right? The folks who pay the two grand, they get to go to the main room. Yeah. But yeah. I'm in an overflow room, which means it's just a screen on the wall. You could be at home. <laughs> <laughs> and they're applauding in that room. He can't hear you. Good point. <laughs> it was very funny to me. Like, I, I was really laughing about that. It's just the, the effect that that has. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. You know what time it is? Uh, it must be that happy time again. Yep. After 13 years, it's time to finally turn off the 8-track tape player of the Bee Gees' greatest hits. <laughs> what? It's been running you for 13 years. can't do that. <laughs> it's still staying alive. <laughs> no, it's dying. It's, it's dead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> die, Bee Gees, die. Oh. No, it's time to give away a Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club, but before I tell you who today's winner is, let's talk about the Telerik platform. Create compelling app experiences across any screen with the Telerik platform. Telerik's end-to-end -end platform uniquely combines industry-leading UI tools with great cloud services to simplify the entire app development lifecycle. Telerik offers everything .NET developers need to build quality apps faster. Try it for free at Telerik.com platform. Awesome, buddy. Yeah. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Rick Schrader. Congratulations, Rick. Golf clap for you, Golf sir. Golf clap for Rick. Rick just won the Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection, just about everything they do in one box. If you don't know what we're talking about here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we give away great sponsor content like the Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection. And every December, we give away $5,000 worth of technology to one randomly selected member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you got to sign up to win. And we like to ask our guest, Mary Jo, if you had $5,000 right now to spend on technology, what would you buy? This ought to be wow. good. This ought to be hilarious <laughs> since I don't buy a lot of technology. But <laughs> I'm I'm like the Luddite who covers technology. Are you kidding me? Come on. No. Oh, that's funny. You no. take your phone serious. And your laptop. Yeah. I, I just wrote recently about how long it took me to buy a new laptop and how how awful that process was. So well, it was a very tough time to buy a laptop. It is a so tough time. Bifurcated. Yeah. Um so what if I had five thousand dollars to buy technology, hmm, what would I buy? Good question. You know what? I don't have a TV. Not at all. No. Well, that would involve actually being at home to watch it. 
Yeah. Is there a good reason why you don't have a TV? <laughs> that is why don't I don't like have TV? one, actually. I, I When I moved to New York, um, I decided not to have a TV so that it would make me get out and do things more instead of sit around and watch TV because I'm a TV addict. So maybe I'd buy a TV, like one of those cool 4K screens yeah. or something. They're, yeah, they're spectacular. They're very pretty screens, and they're about five grand, depending on the size. Yeah, maybe that's what I would do with it. If you get the 85-inch, it's $100,000. Know. <laughs> yeah. But drop drop down to something a little smaller, something in the in the 42 range, you can get them for about five grand. But if I got that, then I'd start staying in more, and I wouldn't get out. <laughs> it's always a battle. It is. Yep. I'm with you. Or one of those standing desks. I would I wouldn't mind having one of those. Yeah, yeah, a standing desk is high on my list that if I could actually be home for a little while and that's not going well, I would <laughs> set up a standing desk with a little treadmill that moves slowly so you can mm-hmm. sort of walk and type. Yep. I like that. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. That's good. That's a cool gadget. We'll build them together, MJ. Yeah. A TV with a standing desk built nice. into one big appliance. <laughs> I um I have cable here at the studio only because uh, every once in a while, you know, when my brother and I are here working on some music and there's a Red Sox game on, he's got to <laughs> see it, you know, so we mm-hmm. throw the, and I, I'm convinced that, you know, sports is like the the reason cable exists. But um, I, I, I just, you know, the other, the other day I had some lunch here and I thought, and I, and I went to um, Amazon Prime to watch a show that I had bought and while I was eating lunch, because, you know, why not? I just want some mindless to do. And it wouldn't work for some reason. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll see what's on TV. And I f- go to a science channel and I get it. I'm like, there's something about Titan, you know, which is cool. And I'm watching this about volcanoes on Titan on the science channel. And it's about 30 seconds of content. And then there's like 10 minutes of ads. Yeah. And I'm like, brutal. you know what? I am never, ever watching television again. This is bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, ads are okay. I we we do ads here, but the ad to content ratio is appropriate, you know? It's just not appropriate on television. Well, and you get into the whole BitTorrent world where all the ads are edited out, you don't know when shows are on, they're just RSS fed to you and you watch when you want to watch. Yeah, and look, look, I'm all for having ads that are relevant to me and that are short and not don't offend me. But uh yeah, come on. Television advertising has gotten very strident and the content, very frantic. the content itself too uh, is is less. Uh, uh, how shall we say? There's less nutritional content, right? And it's more just about good graphics and good music and a nice feeling. You know, I don't know. I feel like an old man now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get off my lawn. Yeah, really. Nice. Yeah, really. All right. Well, um, Mary Jo, so let's just give you the microphone for a little while and, and tell us uh, anything else that's on your mind, the stuff that you're maybe had, doesn't have anything to do with build, um, some th- stuff that you want to share that you've been thinking about lately. Sure. Your, your soapbox moment. Nice. So, you know, this is great that you're actually giving me this this week because um, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I got to say... After the past two weeks, first build, and then this past week when Microsoft actually let me interview Terry Meyerson, who's the head of the operating system group at Microsoft, I really think they're trying to make Microsoft a whole different company. Hmm. Hmm. Um, 
right. and it's hard for me to um, make this as clear as I need to, but for the past um, six plus years, Microsoft has really kind of been a closed company mm. and really putting a lot of emphasis on, you know, we're not going to be giving you guys roadmaps and we're not going to be talking about futures and we're not going to really talk to the press so much anymore. And we're just going to deliver stuff and you guys are going to love it or not. Do you see that as all fallout from Vista? Uh, and, and also <laughs> just sort of Apple wannabe. I mean, that's the, now, that was Apple's way and their stock was. was shooting through the roof and they thought maybe yep. if we're just more like Steve Jobs. Yeah, but it's sort of an order of events. It's like the Vista debacle scared them. Yeah. So then they tried to do what Apple was doing. Yeah, yeah. you're right, Richard. Yeah. And then it didn't work. Um, and now they're going back to saying, you know what we used to be good at was actually listening to customers and like talking <laughs> to them and right. like getting feedback. And hey, maybe we should try that again because people liked us when we were doing that. You know, it worked for Adobe, by the way. Um, I don't know if you follow the Adobe Creative mm -hmm. Cloud yep. and, and and the fallout that Apple's taken over projects like Logic for audio and Final Cut Pro, which had been the standard for video editing. And Adobe just started listening to their customers and, and implementing all these great features and making their apps better and better and better based on customer feedback. And, uh, and Apple just went the other way. And, and now they're, Adobe's cleaning up in that space. They're just, mm -hmm. they're, and, and you, you see it. There's this huge migration away from, from those, uh, sta industry standard apps really uh, towards the Adobe products. Yep. And it's for that reason, because they listen yep. to their customers and they implement the features that their customers want. It's, gee, is it that simple? <laughs> Do you think? I know. It's so crazy. I mean, I, I, I just can't even explain this in a way that sounds rational, but I haven't been allowed to talk to Windows management in six years. My yeah, job wow. is to write a blog called All About Microsoft, right? Yeah. And I was not allowed to talk to them, to get loaner devices, to do anything, having anything to do with Windows. Like I was completely boxed out. Yep. And this week, Microsoft said, hey, guess who's in New York this week? Terry Meyerson, the head of our entire operating system group. Do you want to spend some time with him and talk to him? So this wasn't even you pounding on them. They reached out to you. They asked me if I wanted to do it. And I'm like, of course I do. Yeah. And we had an hour and I get to ask him anything I wanted. It wasn't like a scripted interview. It was like, you can ask him about futures. You can ask him about this, that. You can ask him about whatever you want. And he, you know, he didn't answer everything. But just the fact that he actually listened to my questions and gave me answers, that is as I know this sounds dumb to people who don't know how the politics of Microsoft work, yeah. this was a huge, huge departure. Yes. Hmm. And you're not alone. I mean, generally speaking, they've been reaching out to, to serious press people and giving them a much deeper view of what's going on with the company. Well, I think they, they may have, you know, been leery of anyone in the press who would criticize them at all for anything. Right. You know, and, you know, you never pulled any punches, Mary Jo. Let's face no. it. Never. No, no. And I still don't. I mean, yeah. I, like I, I've, I've said very publicly on my main machine at my apartment where I do my work every day, I'm running Windows 7 because I don't like Windows 8. I've right. said that very publicly. Yep. And, you know, they, they, he was, he was acknowledging that like, yeah, we know we have to do things to win back people like you who are mouse and keyboard users and who are business users. And we went right. too far the other way. You can't handle the truth. I can't. But <laughs> no, not you, them. I, and I can't either, I guess. But uh, 
I, I like what they did with Windows 8 One update. I actually, I know there are people who are purists who say, no, I liked how clean it looked when it was just Windows 8. But mm. they have to help people who are afraid when they see Windows 8 because there's nothing familiar and they are helping them now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other piece here that we haven't mentioned at all, and I think is maybe bigger than we realize, is Bill Gates coming back as a tech advisor to Satya. Mm. Mm. You don't think I, so? I, I, I know that's the image they want us to all have, but I think that's more of a PR stunt than a reality. You think so? Because the reason I say that is, if you look at what Bill Gates is doing in his life, his day-to-day life, the things he's doing with the foundation, that, that's like a hundred yeah. plus hour a week job by itself, right? right? I, and he said publicly that he's willing to free up 30% of his time to help Microsoft and advise Satya if he needs it. But- I, I doubt if he's actually spending 30% of his time on this. I don't, I don't really think Satya needs that much time. Mm. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. I bet it, and I, I thought that it was more important to Microsoft employees than it was to anybody else. Me too. Agree. Yep. Yes. And it, and then all you need, nobody's going to get to see Bill anyway. Right. All you need is a, uh, a letter from him, a quarter. <laughs> yep. Just you know so he mean? looks Just- engaged, right? That's well, and just that sort of sense of I am overseeing this. Mm-hmm. I'm back in the fold, and I'm yeah. watching over. Things. I'm pay. I'm I'm watching you guys, and I'm not going to tolerate any of this crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I I will say I was talking to somebody at Microsoft uh, uh, for a story I was writing recently, and he said, you know, it was super surprising to me. Bill Gates actually did a product review on something I'm working on right now. Nice. I was like, oh. And he's like, yeah, I was surprised too. And it was great. And it was cool that he did it. And he had a lot of good feedback. So, Well, and Aaron, in my mind, that has always been the most important thing that Bill did for the company and that nobody ever did when he left was reviewing all of the products. Mm -hmm. And so if he just did that, I think it would be profoundly good for the company. Uh, but I never thought that it had to be built that did it. I mean, just right. somebody who actually looks at everything that's being built by all of the teams across all of the teams so that you can figure out when three teams are building the same flipping thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a, all they really needed. But, I mean, I'm glad of what they've done there. It's going to be really interesting. I would like to see if he starts producing these sort of forward-thinking letters like he'd always done. I mean, you think about mm-hmm. the security change that happened in XP that affected the whole computing world when mm-hmm. he said, no, security is now a priority and you will fix this. Stop what you're doing and fix this. And and we've never been the same. Like, we've all been better off, but we've really never been the same since sure. he, he made that declaration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like, I got to say, I like what I'm seeing with the new Microsoft. And I, you know, when they reorged around the whole one Microsoft thing, I was like, oh, this is just more, you know, posturing or whatever. But it actually has been a very different company since... I'd say last July. Nice. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Although I don't think one Microsoft would do six hours of keynotes. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they won't at the next show, like a tech yeah. or something. They'll take it. They'll take a cue and say, you know what? We got to only maybe do two and have some bathroom breaks or something. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard on the bladder. Come on. It is. Right. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good stuff. It's just long. I know. I know. Yeah. It, it was really good. And it was really good to just be able to go up to people and ask some questions and talk to them. I, as basic as these things sound to people who are listening to the show, uh, I can tell you it hasn't been like that in a while. Where do you fall on the whole idea of Microsoft buying Xamarin? 
Yeah, I know. I I got to talk to Miguel about this during the conference. He came, we had a party um, one night where a lot of bloggers came and he showed up and I really tried to pin him down on it. And he just said, "Uh, I really can't talk about this and I can't say anything about it. Uh, But my, my question to him was, do you really want to work for a big company like Microsoft after kind of being able to do your own thing for so long? And he said, do you forget where I used to work? I worked for Novell. Yeah. And he didn't quit. No. Right? And I, I'm like, oh, is that a hint? <laughs> he got acquired, and yeah. but then he fought back and they dumped him and then he fought back. Right. But, it, you know, the other thought, this has come up a few times in the past few weeks when we were talking about Ben on the runtime. Yeah. If he wanted to work for Microsoft, he could have a long Maybe. time ago. Yep. Asked on box. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what we're talking. That's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at that video recently. Somebody resurfaced it where yeah. Don Box, uh, it was a PDC like at 2003 or something. And he was, he was serenading Miguel. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. That um, was hilarious. It was. I was there at that PDC too. Yeah. When I remember. Happened. I remember. Yep. Uh, I, I so played I don't guitar. Know. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know if they're going to buy him or not, but but man, there really is a love fest right now between Miguel and Soma. Um, yeah. They both are really like, oh, I like working with them, and they're helping us on opensourcing.net, and they're helping us with getting C-sharp developers to use our, our tools, even if they're going to other platforms. So, I don't know. By contrast, I remember a time when MSDN was supporting .NET Rocks by having a mirror site. You know, yep. they were easing our bandwidth. And w- I interviewed Miguel de Acaz about the Mono project, which, of course, in that day was about bringing it to Mac and Linux. Mm-hmm. And they didn't publish that one. No, they didn't like that. They didn't like at that, that at all. <laughs> yeah. But now they love it. And they even had Miguel was even on stage during one of the keynotes. Well, like, it's yeah. not a threat to Windows now. It's yeah. actually, you know, he, they're on. he's on their side. Yep. Well, and their booth at Build was packed mm-hmm. all of the time. Sure. Everybody's excited about They're this. the solution to the multi-platform yeah. problem that Windows has. Yeah, and they're the only one offering one language, all platforms. Mm-hmm. Native. Yep. Yeah, native. Right. Such as it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, in the conversations I've been having with different groups of people around this, the big point has been, as long as Xamarin is a small independent company, you know, obviously back with venture funding, Apple and Google can't crush them <laughs> you know because you, yep. you can't it's the little guy right but yeah. if microsoft owns it if microsoft owns xamarin two things happen first is they can't charge for the product anymore right it has to be part of studio yeah the second is nobody you nobody's going to be mad at apple if apple uh causes microsoft grief you know just impairs their ability to build apps or anything like that mm. so it's kind of like they're better off as an independent they'll last longer and we get a better solution as a result interesting yeah yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So I, I'm betting Microsoft stays heavily invested in what Xamarin is doing, but I think they need to be on their own. Mm-hmm. At least right now they do. Yeah. I mean, Xamarin's developing tooling for Google Glass, too. So yeah, yes. sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of have their hands in a lot of pies, right? <laughs> yeah. And 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 that's not a threat to Microsoft at all. It actually just it makes the, the offering even better. I can write C-sharp code to run on Google Glass. Why wouldn't I do that? 
So, you know, it's, it's more and more of that's really great to sit in this hub between all of these elephants. You know, we talk about dancing with the, with the Microsoft elephant. My Xamarin dances with three elephants at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, it, the new message seems to be from Microsoft. Okay. Before it was like, we want you to use all of our stuff, our tools, our, our operating systems, our applications, our services. Now it feels like, you know what? Even if we have you in one of those four places, we're happy. You're still a Microsoft customer if you only use our tools or if you only use our services or only use our apps. Instead of saying, we want you to have to use everything. It's like, hey, if you're a customer of ours in any respect, we love you. So do you think that's going to permeate the culture? Because I remember it was only just a year or two ago when Scott Hanselman whipped out an iPhone on stage at TechEd or Build and everybody criticized him for, oh, my God, you know, you're you're doing a demo, a Microsoft guy, you whip out an iPhone, you know, and the reality is that that's what everybody was using at the time, you know, that was yeah. being in touch with reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so now, now that, you know, we have Office for the iPad, when we have, you know, the ability to basically write apps for all platforms in C Sharp, do you think that the culture of Microsoft will embrace having people at Microsoft using iPads, using iPhones, and and that will be totally okay? Like, it will be okay for us to be consider ourselves a software company for Apple hardware? Yep, I do. You do? Because, yeah, that, it wasn't that way just no. last year, <laughs> just a couple months ago. It wasn't that way. Yeah, if, if you guys heard... Um, Satya did another keynote recently. Um, he was in San Francisco and at the announcement for Office for iPad. He, d- he did another kind of thing before Build. And it was really telling. It was one little word that he said. He said, let me get my iPad and show you something. Right. And everybody there noticed that. They're like, wait, he just said it was his. Wow. Yes. Cool. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, that's I think great. They have to do this. They have to. I mean. Of course it, they do. It, But man, it's so hard for people who've covered Microsoft and watched them for a long time to kind of grasp this, but they are realizing and acknowledging the world has moved on and it's it's a multi-platform world. It's not a Windows world. Yeah, sure, of course. It sounds so basic, right? But but again, it's the Microsoft of just a year or two ago, this wasn't the case. Yeah. Well, and now we can get back to .NET and C Sharp, which is the greatest language ever, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it still is. That's why .NET Rocks is always going to be a great name for a podcast. I yeah, yeah you know, and maybe maybe it should be C Sharp Rocks, but you know, if you want to think of it that way, that's fine. But you know, hey, we've invested in our brand. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with it. I think it's a good name. Yeah, it is a good name. <laughs> Everybody knows it. So. Well, Mary Jo, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we hang it up? Um, hmm, no. Are you guys going to Tech Ed the next oh, yeah. big yep. session? We'll okay. be there. We're doing Speaker Idol. Oh, nice. You are? Good. I'll see you guys there because that's my next big show where I'm going to. Great. Nice. Yep. Awesome. Nope. Every, otherwise, I just say, man, hold on to your seat because everything is shaking up. Yeah. Things that we never thought were going to change are changing, and it's kind of exciting to be covering Microsoft again. It is exciting. Exciting for us. All right, Mary Jo, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Same here. All right. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks.
Net Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a